Hi, this is Nick Spencer. And this is Steve Lieber. We're the co-creators of The Superior Foes of Spider-Man. And you're listening to Amazing Spider Talk. Too many who know the angles, uncover and untangle All the questions and the webs left out to tangle be in 1962, last Wednesday's afternoon, they'll bend your ears with reckless self-abandon. The Amazing Spider-Talk, the Amazing Spider-Talk, come swing Hello and welcome to the Amazing Spider Talk. My name is Dan Gavazdin. I'm sick, and I'm the editor of SuperiorSpiderTalk.com. And I'm Mark Ginocchio. I'm healthy right now, and I'm the founder of the Chasing Amazing blog, and now a part of SuperiorSpiderTalk.com. Hey, welcome to the team, Mark. Yes, it, 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 I, I have finally become assimilated. Resistance is futile. <laughs> no, we're really happy to have you. You're going to be running a lot of our features, right? That's, that seems to be the plan, and, and maybe doing some reviews of the main books. Yeah, yeah. You already had your first review of Renew Your Vows out today, actually. Yes, and that's, that's, that's apropos timing, right, Dan, for yeah, this episode? It is. Yeah, because we're recording this the night it went live, so there we go. Uh, <laughs> well, let's get right to it then, Mark. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us for the first ever matrimonial episode of Amazing Spider Talk, Renew Your Vows. We hope you enjoy this podcast and that it provides an intelligent conversation between two fans and life partners and collectors as we hope to look at the Spider-Man comic universe in a bit of a bigger picture. You know, you say matrimonial, I think battle world. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like we're coming at it from two angles here, Dan. Well, but... for some people, matrimony might be battle world. There you go. <laughs> it's a war zone, Dan. Um, well, anyway, for this episode, we will be discussing, as the title seems to indicate, Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows Number 1 by Dan Slott and Adam Kubert. Then we'll be reading your comments and emails, giving away some prizes, and then discussing uh, some interesting tidbits for uh, Spider News, including uh, what Spider-Man and Marvel might be looking at uh, like in a few months. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about it, Mark, because it could mean a whole number of different things. Indeedly. Of course, everybody at home, if you hear this sound, please check out your iOS device for a link to an article, video, or image to enhance your listening experience. Mark, I'm feeling some wedding bliss, so let's dive right into Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows, number one. I'll light the fire, you place the flowers in the vase that you bought today. Staring at the fire for hours and hours. All right, Dan Gavazdan, do you take this comic to be your lawfully wedded wife? I don't know. Kind of? Uh, (laughs) So here it is, Dan. This is the big comic that, you know, when, when Marvel first announced this back in 
Oh gosh, I don't even remember how long. It's it was a while ago. You know, it was going to break the internet and you know promised all this controversy and talk of monkey paws and everything. And you know, I gotta say, I I I'm mostly enjoyed this issue, but for for you know. Well, all this promise of hype and controversy, I thought this was a fairly tame and almost predictable opener, right? Well, yeah, I think I think by this point, everybody who's reading this kind of just recognizes that this is just like a what-if comic. Going around the internets, I can still sense that there are a lot of people out there that think that or hope that, you know, the marriage that was, of course, unceremoniously uh, wiped away from existence a la Mephisto and a deal with the devil in one more day would maybe be reinstated after this. I'm not getting that vibe. Um, like you said, this feels it's an it's an alternative world um, with characters that are familiar and, you know, feel like they're 616 selves, but they're not. They're different enough where they're not. And, you know, it, this this feels very self-contained. Um, kind of operating in its own sphere, even from the rest of Secret Wars right now. Um, and I don't know if that's a bad thing, because I think it actually lends itself to some very credible writing from Dan Slott and some, um, some I thought it was up and down artwork from Kubert. But, um, yeah, I mean, what, I mean, do you have expectations with this story, Dan? I, I honestly don't think that the marriage is going to carry over, and I kind of don't really want it to, especially by this book's end and the way that it, the plot turns. You know, this Peter makes a decision that I don't really know that I want Peter to have made in his timeline, um, right. namely, I guess, giving up being Spider-Man um, and kind of abandoning his mantra, uh, you know, great power, great responsibility. Um so, yeah, I mean, I mean, who knows? But I also think that if that were the case, they would be, like, pumping this story up a little bit more and, you know, like, or teasing a little more about the, the new uh, status quo for Spider-Man. I mean, there was an interview with Dan Slott, and he said some of the things would carry over from this story. But I, I think if it was that big, he would be advertising it like, wait till you see what's up next. Like, you'll never guess, you know. There would be a lot more hyperbole being slung around. Yeah. Although we can get – we'll get into that in the news segment. I sure. mean, who, know, who knows where it's Dan's uh, heart is in terms of where Spider-Man's going next because, you know, it's not even a guarantee that he's still on the book. Sure. Um, but anyway, in terms of Renew Your Vows, um, you know, what – what I liked about this, Dan, was I thought that this was a really good balance of kind of personal and, and character building and, and relationship building. And then it also had a lot of high drama to it. I mean, you know, we, we it, it seems like with a lot of slot stories over the past year or so, I mean, certainly since the reboot, um, you know, you kind of get one or the other. And usually it's just the other being this high drama without any character uh, building that establishes stakes. Um, and I thought Renew Your Vows was, was, was different in a good way in that regard. I mean, you know, we had this, this opening setting at the table where we're getting, you know, this is what the married life is like. You know, we had the, the, the introduction in a perfect world. This is how it was always meant to be. Uh, <laughs> Which to me is funny because Uncle Ben is still dead. So <laughs> I don't know how perfect this world is. That guy never gets a break. 
Well, and Gwen, I guess Gwen's still dead too, right? Yeah, right. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but 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 putting that aside, I mean, the perfect world actually would be House of M, right? Is that kind of more or less what we've established? Right. I mean, yeah. 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 Um, but but let's ignore that. So so perfect world in this case is is MJ and the child, um, who's not Mayday. Interesting. I, that kind of surprised me. Yeah, I, I thought it would be too, or they would make some kind of reference to it. But yeah, I kind of like Annie. I think that's kind of a cute uh, idea. Yeah, I, I agreed. And and the thing is, it, it feels this whole this whole scene, this, this opening scene, feels very kind of intimate and sincere. And and like like I actually really like this. I I, I liked the interplay that that slot created with these characters and i even felt that i liked in terms of the art in the book i thought this was one of the stronger scenes artistically as well and this is where i'm going to be of a different opinion than you okay uh, because I, I actually think that this book gets stronger the later like towards the end uh and i think the beginning is where i have a lot of problems with it um i guess we'll tackle one thing at a time um i think it's fine that you know, Peter as a wife and child. I have no problems with that idea. My problem is it kind of begins with the title of this book, which is Why We Can't Have Nice Things. Um, and that implication is that, you know, the marriage is the nice thing, and this story is going to set out and tell why that's problematic. Is that is that your read on that? Um, or maybe Spider-Man is the nice thing? I need to see where this goes, Dan. I don't want to jump to what the conclusion is going to be yet. Sure, I, sure. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, I think ultimately what is re- what is Renew Your Vows referring to? Is he renewing his vow with MJ or renewing his vow to be Spider-Man and, you know, at the expense of his marriage and his, and his married life? I, I, I get that. I get that, you know... Is this just another case for why the marriage couldn't work or something? But yeah, I, I guess I guess I'll get to my point is like you know I understand that you know the main conflict of this book is the balancing of his family and his costume, and uh, and I think you know any book that has drama in it needs to you know have a conflict, and I think that's certainly a fine conflict. It's a conflict that kind of plays into conflicts that Spider-Man has always had, you know, balancing his social life with Spider-Man or his relationships or um, the time he needs to be with his aunt, with his time he needs to be out battling. It's, it's, it's as old as Spider-Man is, you know, uh, and I think that's fine. I, I guess my problem with this book and maybe with the beginning of this book is, first of all, like the way that it's written to me seems like it, I don't buy this family. Um, you have Mary Jane, who's a mother, who presumably has a young child. Um, I would say probably less than a year, maybe around a year. It's kind of ambiguous based on how Adam Kubert draws her. Um, do you at least agree on that? Like Annie is ambiguously old. I got the sense it was a she was like probably between six months and a year. Yeah. Okay. So it's somewhere in there. I, Mary Jane is wearing this like cut off belly revealing 
outfit. And, you know, maybe she rebounded really quickly from the pregnancy. But I don't know too many mothers who, like, casually stroll around the house wearing, a, like, a like a belly-showing outfit and feed their child. It just doesn't seem like of a believable character, especially when she announces that, like, I'm a hot wife. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it. You know, I just to, to me, the dialogue here just felt very stilted, like Peter constantly announcing, I have a wife and kid now, you know? And it's like, yeah, I know the editors said you have a wife and kid now, but like, sell me that this is an ongoing thing. Like this is, you know, she was pregnant for nine months and you had this kid for six months and you haven't been sleeping. I, I, I don't know. I mean, you have, you have a kid, so you can tell me more if this is what your married life is like. Um, well, but I just a- didn't believe it. I'm not going to say it's what my married life is like, but no, I, 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 I don't, I, I'm not, I don't have the problems with it that you do. Um, it's, it's, it, this, it, I don't know what you, what you are kind of seeing is stilted. I just kind of saw as being warm. It, 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 you know what, Dan, I mean, like, and, and maybe like I'm being aided by the fact that I'm actually kind of going back and reading a lot of, uh, Peter and MJ stories in preparation for something that's going to be on our website over the next couple of months. Plug. Uh, <laughs> plug, plug. Um, but this, this, this arc, even though this was kind of supposed to be like an, al- an alternate take on One More Day, this feels in terms of the voices, the, the, the vibe, like very much at home in like that late 80s, early 90s, Michelini era. In yeah, terms I, of, I completely and, agree with you on that. And, and, and this was kind of how MJ was during that run. You know what I mean? Like that was, that was the cat. And, 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 you know, most people, you know, outside of when Straczynski came back and when James Straczynski like reunited them, I mean, most people kind of who support the marriage kind of go to that era is like, you see, look at these, look at the maturity and, you know, the, the characters grew from this and all that stuff. Um, I guess that's where I have like a hard time separating in my head is because we saw, you know, when people complain about the marriage going away and this book being like their kind of last hurrah, you know, like being like, oh, look, here's the marriage back. That's what you wanted. And it comes back to me in the form that of the marriage that I didn't like, you know, when I know that there was another version that I thought worked really well. Um, Like the JMS run. So when I see this marriage back, I'm like, okay, that's fine. But, like, this is not the marriage that I wanted back. Um, Like, this is not the writing for the marriage that I wanted. So that's tough uh, for me to reconcile. And maybe I'm bringing into this, you know, I need to be looking at this with my 90s, late 80s goggles on. Um, But there is an inherent, you know, they ended it in the JMS thing. They showed this child in the JMS thing. I kind of wanted that relationship back, um, and you know I'm probably never going to get it. But uh, I don't know. Is that is that a valid complaint? No, I think it's fair. I, I, I mean, you know, I I think we're just coming at it from two different angles. You know, I mean, like I mean, I know that you you came in to Spider-Man kind of in in the heart of the '90s with you know 375. That's your first issue, right? Right. right. Um. I mean, you know, like my first few issues were right after they got hitched. You know what I mean? Like literally like two, like 296 is, I mean, you know, they were married between 
293 and 294. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm like, this is, this felt very familiar to me. I, I, this didn't bother me in that regard. And I've been actually uh, rereading that era right now. So I, yeah, I agree with you. I think it feels very familiar um, it's, in that way. It feels nostalgic for me and maybe it's my own nostalgia that's coloring why a scene like this I perceive as being kind of warm and sincere and you kind of see it as being a little weird and hokey and, and not necessarily making sense in all the ways that it should. Yeah, well, let's talk about something we like about the book because I think there are a lot of things to like about it before I get back to another thing that kind of bothers me about the book. But, well, I talked about what I liked about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, like I, I, think, I think the ending of this book is really smart. Um, I think everything from like – you know, Peter dealing with Venom on is really clever stuff. You know, the idea that, you know, he makes a choice to either save his family or go and save the world with the Avengers. And that choice kind of like dooms him, I guess, in a way of, you know, having a realization that his family matters more to him than, I guess, saving the world. Um, it's, It's not one that I necessarily think is like totally truthful to Peter Parker's character. But for a what if story, I'm totally down to see where Dan Slott is going with this. Yeah. Dan, I mean, what I would say, yeah, the, the, the venom stuff on was, was all very good. And, and you know what, what I would, what I would claim not to, not to beat a dead horse here, but I, I, I what I thought was effective about this story and, and why the ending worked was I felt that, the the way that the the stakes uh dramatic stakes throughout this story were kind of layered on top of each other i think it, it worked and that's what created the payoff i, I you know you, you kind of have this this little blissful opening scene which which makes the the terror that comes from venom escaping from prison all the more pertinent you know it's 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 you know and the fact that you know he knows Spider-Man's secret identity and, you know, basically in in his confrontation with Spider-Man makes no bones about the fact that, you know, like one way or another, I'm going to punish you in a way that hurts you the most, which is to, to kill your wife and child. You know, it, it's, it's, you know, it, it's really terrifying stuff. And, and, you know, I, I don't, I think if you don't get that opening scene where you know, you're hopefully connecting with these characters. I don't know if the tension will, you know, I, the tension lands because of that. You know, that's, that's, that, that was, that was my take on it. Yeah, that's, that's fine. You know, I, I see it all working there. I just, I, if I'm being honest, it just didn't connect with me. Like, I think it's all cool plotting. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Venom would rush there and, we haven't really established Venom, but that's fine. We know Eddie Brock's Venom by now. And I think you're, like, comparing it to a Michelinie story, I think it's really apt because I think, yeah, I think if you were just, if you were to have, um, you know, uh, any of the artists from Michelinie's run doing this book, you would think it was straight out of that time. Um, but I guess, I, I hate to keep harping on this. I just... I feel like this version of like Peter and Mary Jane is like why people didn't like the marriage. Like Peter is still despite having a child and maturing, he's still just as reckless 
and he didn't think any of this through. And I, the Peter that I think that I enjoy reading would have gone to the Avengers months ago and said, hey, I'm worried about my family. Um, do you think that I could, like, stay here or, or something? And here it's, they just kind of approach him. They're like, well, you could stay here. And he's like, all right, I'll call my wife right now and we'll see. And, uh, and to me it was like, had he never thought of this before? Like, hey, that had never occurred to him? And I, I feel like a yeah, lot but, of the plotting here, I'm like, but, didn't but what you're just Yeah, but what you're describing, Dan, is a very specific era of Spider-Man. Yeah. And, and I, you know, like, I see, I see you're, you're describing JMS. And, you know, like, JMS was good for what he is. But there's a lot of other Spider-Man besides JMS, and and I don't, you know, I I don't see Peter's actions here as being reckless. I just see this as Spider-Man, the loner, that you know has kind of been a part of the character forever for me. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's you know who who, strug- who who would struggle to go to the Avengers because, you know, the Avengers have never accepted him, you know, like, yeah, I, uh, I'll tell you, like, I'm, it's de- my opinion is definitely fueled by my expectations coming into this based on me, like being like, Oh, the marriage is coming back. I want the best version of the marriage. And it's, you know, it's going back to Michelinie and that's, that's, that's fine. And I shouldn't hold it against Dan Slott's writing if that's what he wants to do, it's just hard for me to like say I've seen the best that it can be, and now I'm seeing what I don't think is the best, and not want that better version. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I I, I get what you're saying. I, I, it's, I mean, but also, I mean, what you had during Straczynski was a very raw interpretation of the marriage, you know, and and. Yeah, that I, I, you know, I agree with you. I thought it was great, but there are other elements of it that were kind of fun and 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 different and like, hey, look, the 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 teenage geek gets the girl kind of a thing. And I, I get it. I, I I get where you're coming from. We got to move on from this because we're gonna we're gonna just keep talking circles around. Right, it. right, 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 right. Um, okay. but but um, so. For me, though, like I think the one big like subplot in terms of, you know, tension building that that at least on the surface really didn't work was this whole thing with the Avengers fighting Regent to, you know, in this kind of like cosmic world ending threat. Is this is this going to be the villain moving forward, do you think? I I guess. No, I'm still in the covers going forward. I mean. Yeah, I, I, got, I got the idea that Venom is dead and seemingly his costume is going to take over Peter based on solicit covers. Um, oh, I but, see what you're saying. Yeah, but, I mean, who knows? But, you know, they advertise this as the last Eddie Brock story. And to me, it appears that Eddie Brock was crushed beneath rubble. Yeah, but, you know, it's comics. Right, yeah. I mean, we didn't <laughs> see the body. We just saw the hand. Yeah. Maybe we'll get a, a limping like hand, like uh, like it or whatever that just crawls around. Was it was it cousin yeah. it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, this stuff with the Avengers, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I just, you know, even going back to stories of slots that I've really, really liked, I've never truly embraced his interpretation of the Avengers. I feel like, you know, he just kind of settles into writing them all as like stereotypical archetypes of who their characters are, you know, like Cap is the stoic one and, and Tony's got the wise cracks and, and, and it just, it felt very rigid and stiff and, and, you know, no, very little personality. Um, and, and the region and region as a villain itself, I really don't care about. I mean, you know, no connection to him as a spider and certainly in terms of Spider-Man. So if he does end up being the main villain, color me uninterested. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's room for it to develop but right now. He just kind of seems like this all powerful juggernautish character. Um, yeah. I mean, it's like, would be like Spider-Man fighting like Korvac or Thanos or something. Or over like a, Fire Lord. There. Ooh, don't no, get, don't get me started on that. <laughs> Um, slot started on that yeah exactly um but yeah i mean and and i also felt like i don't know i didn't like kubert's art in some of these action sequences i felt it was kind of vague like it didn't yeah he has some weird framing where like people's faces are cut in half by the frame yeah in a kind of awkward way although there's one cool scene where uh, he frames spider-man and venom's faces facing each other up close and i thought that was really a neat image yeah, yeah, definitely. And his but, full page reveal of Venom is really great. I mean, it harkens back to like the classic, you know, original Venom storylines where yeah. Mary Jane is all wrapped up. Um, yeah, definitely. But um, yeah, I mean, but at least with the Avengers subplot, Dan, I did feel like it kind of like even even in my dislike for it, it it, it proved to be useful in, in in advancing the plotting because you kind of had this like you know here's this cosmic threat and then you know you have kind of spidey taking off to deal with the smaller but smaller threat to the world but the bigger threat to him yeah and which again sell, sells that that final page and, and and you know the ultimate reveal of the comic you know yeah so um, so, I mean, do you want to talk about that last page or? Yeah. I mean, the last page, right. We find out that, you know, uh, there's a wonderful bit of, bit of, uh, I guess like thought monologuing where Peter says like, you know, uh, that's not Spider-Man standing there. It's a man in a costume, uh, mm. in colored garb or whatever he says. Uh, you know, and it's like, oh, that's an interesting way of saying he's done being Spider-Man. And then. We see that I'm guessing some ambiguous maybe five or six years have passed. Uh, yeah. oh, hold on, Dan. I just realized we kind of glossed over like a key cl- plot point, which was, you know, Spider-Man's choice in his battle with Venom. So, yeah. So, of course, what I'm referring to is, you know, Venom is casting these threats against Spider-Man and his family. And, you know, they're they're battling and, you know, the, the building is essentially collapsing and and, you know. Spidey lets basically lets Venom get crushed to death, which was like a very like, oh, wow. You know, he cross he crosses that line. And um, for me, it works because, again, we, we established these stakes and we, we established, you know, I felt that Spider-Man's kind of changing priorities uh, in terms of his family were, were set. And also because this is an alternate universe, you can also kind of forgive that, you know, not every decision the character makes is going to be 
what we would expect in the 616, right? Right. That's the reason I'm willing to let it go. Like I if this was the actual storyline, I'd probably be a lot more harsh on it because Peter is the kind of guy that, you know, he will find every last opportunity to solve his problem, you know, to kind of, you know, relent from killing someone, I would think. I mean, that's my interpretation of it. Would you agree? Yeah, I would, although, you know, we, we don't have a child. We've never had to deal with Peter with a child in the mix. Right. So that, that that's interesting, and, I, you know, and I'm willing to, like, entertain it, and I think this was an interesting choice. And, you know, I, again, like I said, I think the ending of this book really sets up an interesting worldview for Peter Parker that I'm sure we're going to see undone unless this book ends up being completely – Really, like, just depressingly ending where it's just like, nope, Spider-Man is done. That's it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like this could go anywhere, and that's kind of what's interesting. And I, and I, the time jump has sold me. We have this older kid now. I can't wait to see what their relationship is like in the future. Yeah, um, but and I, and I thought it was really well done, too, because it was, you know, you kind of have, you know, the, the crime going on around that he's ignoring, but, like, you know— he's still in his own way kind of going that extra step by like holding her hand, even though she's kind of like, you don't need to hold my hand. You know what I mean? And it's like, right. But it's like, you know, he's still, it's, there's still Spider-Man there. It's just manifesting itself in a very different way. Well, it'll be interesting to see him as like a, as, as a father of like a, a child that's more independent. I imagine that he'll be really clingy, you know, like he's, you know, overly responsible. Like now that his world is only focused on his daughter, what kind of a parent is Peter Parker? Is he going to be like really just all over her um, in terms of safety? Like I could see him being very overprotective. Um, So that's interesting to me. I mean, I, I enjoyed this issue. I know it sounds like I'm being very negative, but I think, the even greater thing out of it is like I can't wait to see what's next because I think this is a great setup for a very interesting story. All right, Dan. So what's your grade on it? Um, I know it sounds like I'm really negative, but I'm still going to give this a B minus. Like I, th- I think it's the best Spider-Man issue we've gotten all year. Uh yeah, probably. Um, and and I'm actually going to say the same thing, even though it sounds like I loved it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I thought this was good, but. To be fair, um, you know, Dan Slott's kind of done this to us before. He's kind of given us a decent opening chapter, some of these big stories, and then has kind of pulled the rug out from under us. And and there's a lot of interesting directions where this story can go. Um, and there's a lot of uninteresting directions this story could go. Right, or or infuriating, you right, know? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, I, you know, I don't want this to be a big song and dance of you see this is why it can't work guys you know this is what we've been trying to tell you for years you know what i mean like and and i still think the potential for that story to be told is is very much alive and well but i'm reserving judgment and i'm going to be cautiously optimistic that we'll just tell an interesting story based on you know no, the mar- it's not the marriage that's that's at fault. It's it's, you know, maybe some stuff with the character in terms of trying to find that balance or whatever. But um but yeah, so B minus for me as well. Yeah, and again, that's why I said that title Why We Can't Have Nice Things worries me just a little bit because I just 
I don't want to get this back only for them to tell us, like, and this is why no one could ever write this well. And it's like, no, there were people that wrote this well. There were just also a lot of people that couldn't write the marriage well. Right. Yeah. Right. So anyway, let's move on and talk about our comments and emails. Yes, of course, Dan, you can find Amazing Spider Talk on iTunes and Stitcher. And while you're there uh, searching us and, and, and downloading us and hopefully subscribing to us, uh, it'd be great if you could leave us some comments. Uh, you know, again, you can find us by searching on us on either of those two websites by Amazing Spider Talk or just Spider-Man. Um, and, you know, when you leave your comment, leave a rating, you know, do the whole thing that helps us grow as a community. Uh, and also you can email us at AmazingSpiderTalk at gmail.com if you have questions or comments on the show. Or you could tweet at either of us and just hashtag it okay to print if you want us to discuss it on the air. Well, before we get into the comment, Mark, I thought I would address uh, that giveaway that we did, were doing with Amazing Spider-Man number 72. We announced a winner and then no one came forward to claim it. So I'm giving it another opportunity. So if your name on iTunes happened to be your friendly neighborhood, Tim, well, Tim, shoot us an email at AmazingSpiderTalk at gmail.com, and I'll send you that Amazing Spider-Man number 72. And if you don't claim it, well, then next week we're doing a whole other one. So get on it. Oh, my. Come on, Tim. You can do it. Yeah. So, Mark, do you want to read this comment or do you want me to read this comment? I don't know. Which would you rather? It, Rochambeau. It, I'm gonna say, it, it, according according to the the script that we don't use, it looks like it's in Dan's in Dan print. So right, I, well, I, I, I assume you then. were gonna do it. I'll take it away then. So this is from Smallville two two two, and the title is "Love It, But I Owe You an Apology." Five out of five. So we'll see why he owes us an apology. I jumped back into Spider-Man near the end of Superior after an on-again, off-again relationship with the book since childhood. I really enjoyed the book, but couldn't wait for good old Petey to make his return. Unfortunately, I haven't been too pleased with him since. I was so glad to be back into comics that I initially was too critical of Mark and Dan for their reviews. Mark and Dan are true lifelong fans who really have their fingers on the pulse of what makes Pete a good character and an even better Spider-Man. While my opinions on the book don't align 100% with theirs... The point of view they offer as passionate, informed Spidey fans really helps a guy like me stay on top of what I need to know and what classic stories I should be reading as I make my way back into the world of our friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Uh, awesome. Thank you, Smallville222. I guess we could say try to make them a little short, I guess. Just tell us what you like. You know what? Tell us where you're from. You know, that could be interesting and what your favorite issue of Spider-Man is. Um, that Those could always be fun to read. Make it like spicy i guess but this is a good one thank you smallville 222 that's a spicy meatball dan yes uh, it absolutely is and don't get uh, us talking about food again because you know we're likely to go off in a random direction with that yes but 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 speaking of uh very long-winded things to say we're about to talk about the friendly neighborhood spider talk members club You belong, you belong, you belong, you belong 
boys and girls now is the time of the show where we thank all the wonderful people who have decided to donate some of their hard-earned money to the show and have opted to join the friendly neighborhood spider talk members club this week we have three new members to the club thanks to uh now harak thomas lean and eric gomez for donating to the show and becoming members and you know three really cool awesome people yeah, uh, Noor is actually um, on the Ultimate Spin podcast, our sister show. So uh, thank you, Noor. He's actually making these great cards for us to help spread the word about the show. So he's a super fan or super member or whatever would have you. Whatever you would have. Yeah. And if you are a member, please make sure to check your email for your free comics. And if you'd like to become a member of the Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club and help support the show, please go to our sites and click on the giant button that reads Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club, the FNSTMC, for I short. Will nev- I will never remember that acronym, so don't you, even try. You don't remember. Refer- don't even try to make it a thing. You don't refer to it as that actively, the FNSTMC? No, this is not a thing like Papa Jonah, so just stop. I'm going to make it a thing, Mark. Your things don't take off like my things, Dan. I, I'm let's, aware. Let's, let's, let's be honest. I'm aware. I'm aware. Papa Jonah has life of its own, and, <laughs> and all of my sad creations died at birth. <laughs> Okay. Well, let's talk about some spider news, shall we? Shall we? Shall. Spider Man, Spider Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size, catches thieves just like flies. Look out! Here comes the Spider Man. Is he strong? All right, Dan. So, uh,. Certainly in the world of comics, we got some pretty big, well, Marvel news more than Spider news. But um, we got this little item here from the world of, of other media, This meaning the uh, Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon. What's going on there? Well, our good friend Stephen Wacker, who's in charge of uh, the animated world of Marvel now, um, you know, was part of this uh, announcement that the Ultimate Spider-Man show that – I guess some people love and some people hate, although I've heard that it's been getting better recently, as people have been telling me. Um, I haven't seen it, uh, uh, but it got another season, so it must be doing at least okay. Yeah, we we thought it was going to be canceled, but apparently not. It must be doing well enough because it got another season, and this time it's being called Ultimate Spider-Man vs. The Sinister Six. And there's some images with that, and, uh, and I guess the whole season is going to be devoted to his fight against the Sinister Six. Mark, would this be enough to get you to watch it? No. <laughs> I just, I, there's no time, Dan. There's not enough time in the day. Yeah, I feel the same way. Uh, uh, you know, I, I mean, you know, if you're fans of the show and you're happy to hear this, kudos. And if you're not fans and you need a reason to watch it, um, I'm probably not the person to. Uh, come up with something on the fly. So uh, in the world of comics, because I read comics, Dan. I like uh, yes, comics. Yes, me too, me too. You know, with all these different 
series being set up during the duration of um, Secret Wars, you know, while some people are being put in battle worlds and war zones, uh, we have some of these Last Days books, which is what we're getting with Spider-Woman and Silk. Um, so basically, these books are going to continue at least a few months into Secret Wars. Um, and then, you know, come September when everything gets rebooted, I'm assuming it's going to be something different again. Yeah, I mean, who knows? We just got um, – we're going to get to this in a minute, but we just saw some previews of Spider-Woman possibly being back after Secret Wars, but no images of Silk. Um, I don't know, Mark. I got this feeling that Silk is going to finish up at the end of these last days and she's not going to be around anymore. Um particularly because it seems like her powers were kind of waning in the last issue. I know that you're not picking up the book anymore, but I'm going to keep picking it up, and um, I guess I'll keep everybody updated. But there's a potential that this is the end of the Spider-Woman and Silk series, although it's Marvel. They'll come back at some point, I'm sure, in some form. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought they said something like there's going to be like the coming months after Secret Wars, like over 60 new books or something like that. So, yeah. I mean, you know, there's room for Silk. Absolutely. If that's um, what you like. I mean, you know, the, the series just isn't doing it for me. I had to I, 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 I picked up through issue four and just kind of felt like I needed needed a change. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to the big news, Mark. Yes. So we have an – what are they calling it? All new, all different That's Marvel? It. That's it. Um, and, you know, we, we've actually gotten uh, two promotional images. Uh, the first one was fairly innocuous. I mean we saw what appears to be a normal-looking Spider-Man and an ultimate-looking Spider-Man like a Miles Morales in the image alongside um, – you know, we it looks like we're still going to get like Falcon Cap, and um, there is talk about there being a new Hulk, right? Isn't that kind of like what was part of the initial announcement? But basically, yeah, but we all the seen him yet. Yeah, but we're not. It's not going to be a new Fifty Two reboot, which is something that had been discussed. But um, you know, there are going to be consequences from all this multiverse uh, hopping going on in Secret Wars, and some things might remain from those from those little spinoff books right now. Um, but, um, but everything's going to be relaunched at number one. And it's like, it seems like they're going to be angling to do kind of more like shorter books by the season almost, right? Like a television show. Yeah. That was exactly the comparison that they made. And to be honest with you, Mark, uh, I think this is actually really great for the comic book industry, um, as a whole to kind of approach it this way, specifically in superhero comics that aren't creator owned. Um, you know, a lot of people are clamoring for Slot to kind of give up his time on the book. And I think that's true of almost any comic. I think if you're a creator and you want to take this character out, you know, and, and use them in an interesting way, why not a pitch it as like a, 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 a story that you want to tell? Like, you know, this is how long it's going to take me to tell this story. And uh, this is my ideas for it. Um, and you, I think this will really allow for new like talent to get around Marvel more often. Um, I mean, we're already seeing this with Marvel Now and then Marvel Now Now or whatever it was called, New Marvel Now. Yes. Um, we have, like, you know, artists, artists and writers bopping around from title to title. And to be honest, I think it'll keep things kind of fresh. You know, I, I look back on this, like, brand new day 
that I think that was when Spider-Man was like at its freshest in a, in a long time because you had different voices on, on these books, and and that to me is interesting. People with clear visions wanting to do something and then leaving when they're done. Yeah, um, you know, but we'll we'll see because you know, kind of tag you know tagging along on this news, you know. Uh, Dan Slott recently gave an interview with CBR talking about Renew Your Vows, and they were talking about the post-Secret Wars universe. And Slott indicated that he doesn't even know if he's on on the core book. And, you know, even putting aside, you know, what we've, what we've been saying about Slott's writing over the last year or so, I mean, you know, if, if this is a, an initiative that Marvel is serious about and wants to change things up and keeps things fresh, I mean, Slott really needs to not be on this book anymore. I mean, and, and, you know, and the same goes for like Bendis and miles. I mean, you know, like let's, let's get some new voices in, you know, let's, let's get some new people doing different things with these characters. I mean, you right. know, we don't know if miles is going to have his own book proper, but we do know that Mark Wade is going to be writing him in all new, all different Avengers. Yeah. I mean, Dan, I'm not talking about getting some like unknown indie writer to come in and do these, some of these flagship titles, but you know, I, 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 I think, kind of consistently throughout the industry, you know, some of these kind of like super runs that we've been having, like Bendis and Avengers and, and, you know, Slav on Spider-Man and, you know, even, you know, even a case can be made with Hickman and the Avengers right now, although as good as Secret Wars has been, you know, people are getting a little burnt out, you know, like it's like if a writer can't tell a vision, you know, can't, can't, can't tell his story within a year or so, then, then, you know, maybe that's not the writer for the book, you know, like I, I, I did. And so I do hope that they kind of go forward that I do. I, I agree with you. I think that, you know, this could be good. I mean, you know, I think some of the, the most enjoyable comics that we've talked about on the show over the past couple of years, Dan, have been things like Superior Foes, which was like very kind of like a one and done. You know, it was one big arc, you know, it was it was. Yeah, they stretched it to what was it? 17 issues. Yeah. And even like what Dennis Hopeless is doing on Spider Woman right now. I mean, it's it's, you know, I think I think these kind of little short storytelling bursts are are proving to be advantageous to, to a lot of these characters. Yeah, I guess the only like thing that I think I could see people complaining about about this is that it might make the book more like schizophrenic, or you might get more hobgoblin type of situations where. Uh, you know, someone is ushered out before they're really able to tell this long-form story that they're telling. But I also think that that's a unique circumstance and time where there was a lot of, like, politi- politics going on that kind of screwed that story up. But, yeah, do, do you worry that, like, we might get some runs maybe aborted um, before they're really allowed to kind of, like, breathe and develop? Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's going to come down to Marvel being you know, properly coordinating with its, with its team of creators. I mean, you know, like a, a series of television, if that's the analogy you want to go with, I mean, like, you know, there are, there are different writers on every episode and different directors. And yet, you know, good television, it's still a cohesive unit. Right. You so the, the, the emphasis would be put more on the editor in this case, would you think? I would think so. Yeah. And make it like the showrunner equivalent. Yeah. I mean, I never felt that brand new day was that disjointed no i thought it was real i mean it's it's definitely disjointed in some in some parts but overall there's a wonderfully told story there yeah um 
I guess the next question that I have is if Dan Slott is off this book, um, which we don't have any like real solid evidence for, um, what what does that reveal about the planning leading up to Secret Wars? Because you know, Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man number eighteen ends on a real cliffhanger. Like, you know, we'll see what happens with the Black Cat when we get back. And you know, I guess they could still pick up that story, but it definitely seems like a writer writing as though he was going to pick it up again in the future. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 he, you know, you kind of get this. Again, in TV, where you know, like the 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 show that doesn't know if it's going to be renewed or not, kind of like tries to f- ham fist a uh, a cliffhanger in there. I mean, you know, we kind of I kind of joked about it in our last one of our last episodes, where I was like, it was a cliffhanger, but I mean, you know, if this was indeed how Spider Man was going to end, I mean, it it kind of ended with a thud to me. I mean, you know, like you know, so. I don't know if that was just slot trying to kind of save face. I mean, I don't know. Like I look at what Dan Slott's doing in Spider-Man and then looking at what he's been did in silver surfer. And I see like two different levels of inspiration for a writer. And you know, I'm not one to get inside Dan Slott's head, but it's like, you know, like a part of me even wonders at this point, why does he, why would he even want to keep doing this? Right. Yeah. Of, it's like, you know, like he's clearly having, and I don't know. Do you, do you have you read any Silver Surfer, Dan? I read a couple issues. I mean, like he's clearly having so much more fun with that book. You know, kind of like what he was even doing like, during Big Time era on Spider Man. It's like, you know, whatever. We, but I, I, I know what you're saying, Dan. I, I, how much, how much was were these things communicated? And you know, when you when you would talk to Dan Slott online on Twitter leading up to this, you know, about secret wars and, you know, the joke was always, you know, it's a secret. We can't talk about it. I mean, how much did anybody outside of like Hickman, Tom Brevoort and Axel Alonso and probably Joe Casada really know what was going to happen post secret wars? Yeah. I have no idea. Um, so, so speaking of endings, I think it's time for us to say goodbye, Mark. Sure. Well, of course, everybody, you can find all of our new Amazing Spider Talk and old Superior Spider Talk podcasts at superiorspidertalk.com or find us on iTunes and Stitcher by searching for Amazing Spider Talk. And, you know, be sure, if you do that, to leave us a rating and a comment to let us know how we're doing, and we'll read it on the air. And keep them nice and short so they're not, we're not too rambly. Um, if you have any opinions of, on these comics that we've discussed today or any questions, be sure to email them to us at AmazingSpiderTalk at gmail.com, and we'll address and read them on the air. we got no questions this time, so keep them coming in. Uh, Mark, where can they find more about us on the Internet? Well, yeah, you can also uh, check out both of our Facebook pages at Facebook.com slash SuperiorSpiderTalk and facebook.com slash chasing amazing. I'm going to keep using that Facebook page and, you know, refer- reference stuff I'm writing on superior spider talk, Dan. Um, you know, the, yeah, both these places are great because we, we talk about the articles we wrote, obviously, like I just said, uh, you can ask questions, comments, you know, make silly recipes about Irish bacon. I'm not going to go there. Sorry. Also, don't forget to check out our friendly neighborhood spider talk members club that helps support our show. And that our theme song is courtesy of Ryland Bojack, and our outro song comes from Magic. 
Yeah, and also a very special thanks to Nick Cagnetti, Ray Sumzer, Ron Friends, and Sal Buscema for our show's artwork. So, Mark, uh, where can we find you on the internet this week? And I'm very pleased with what you're going to say. Well, you can find all of my content right now on SuperiorSpiderTalk.com. I'm winning! <laughs> all that content is just a review of Renew Your Vows right now, though. But, you know, hopefully by the time... Uh, this podcast comes out, uh, you know, in, in the coming days after that, we'll have some some unique, fun features looking back at Peter and MJ. Do we want to tease what you're going to be putting out on Monday? Uh, if we dare, yeah. Um, so, you know, given, given, I guess, what we thought Renew Your Vows was going to be, well, it's still, it's still clearly a reference to One More Day. Yeah, I mean, whether they said it in the 80s, 90s or the aughts, but maybe far um, looser than we imagined. Fair enough. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I went back and reread one more day, really, probably for the first time since 2007, because really, who, who, who has revisited that story? And, in in, in, you know, without, you know, being waterboarded and doing it. Um, yeah, I and, have not. I ha- honestly, I have not. And Dan, I, you're going to be surprised to hear me say this. I've actually found some things worth praising about it. Gasp, shock, and amaze. It, you know, so I guess, you know, what this might be is maybe like a half hearted defense of this story. You'll have to read and find out. I haven't read this, and I want to read this right now because I'm blown away, Mark. So that's going to be up on the site on Monday. Correct. Awesome. Anywhere else we can find you online? Uh, well, on Twitter at Chasing ASM Blog, and you know, for people who are still you know subscribers or following my feed on www.chasingamazingblog.com, I'm going to be putting links up to all the stuff I write for you, Dan. So you can you can still you know give my site hits and and find links to find you. Well, great. Thank you for increasing my SEO uh, uh, account. Uh, that I. Yes, that's what I'm here for. So, Dan, what about you? Where can we find you? Of course, you can find me also on SuperiorSpiderTalk.com. I don't have any exciting things to announce that are coming out there because I'm actually graduating from uh, graduate school this week. So things are kind of crazy busy, writing a bunch of papers. But uh, you can also find me on Twitter at at DanGavazin or my Spider-Man account. And the account of our website is at SupSpiderTalk. They might be a little slow over the next few days because of my graduation and all of my finals, but um, I'm sure I'm going to be looking for distractions, so hit me up there. Um, So, Mark, uh, you know, uh, I was walking down the street, and guess who I saw? So this is how we're going to do this, Dan? It's, It's who you saw or who I saw? No, no, no. I saw someone really crazy looking. It was a Captain... It was Captain America, but he had a new costume. Oh, okay. He um, had this big A emblazoned on his t- chest. It was like I wanted to tell him to go back to like his designer because, like, what the hell is that? Yeah, I, you know, I, I I saw that too, and 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 you know, it's 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 funny. You know, I was thinking back to what life could have been if you know, in a perfect world, uh, what what Cap's costume would have looked like. Yeah, it wouldn't and, have looked like that. Yeah, and, and, and when thinking back to that perfect world, you know, 
it actually then brought me to, you know, the world I'm living in right now. Um, you know, I'm, I'm married. I have a kid. Everything's really good. John, John, you know, my son is, is three and a half now. I mean, growing up by the day just really makes you makes you wistful uh, for things in the past. And um, while doing all this, um, my Uncle Ben showed up. I thought he was dead. Well, that was the thing. He was like, you're imagining this perfect world and you didn't picture me? What does a guy got to do around here to be resurrected for real? That's and, pretty tragic, Mark. And I was like, oh, God, this is this is really sad and dark. Um, and he's like, it's cool. I understand. You know, they got me in House of M anyway. And, and I was there for that, along with Captain Stacy so, and Gwen. And you married Gwen. Remember that, Mark? I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, and then also he told me with great podcasts must also come amazing spider talk. 